I felt like she was completely robbed of her life and I knew that if she was still here, she would be living her life to the fullest. So I promised myself as her best friend, I would not play the safe card. I would take the risks. I would dream big. I would make my life purposeful and meaningful. Welcome to the Guiding Light Within podcast. I am your host, Natalie Olson, and I am here to bring you insightful conversations around all things personal development, spirituality, mindset, and everything else that comes with navigating life. Whether you are single, in a committed relationship, or maybe somewhere in between, you are always the main character of your own story. And I am here to remind you that any answers you seek already lie within you. I hope by listening, you find the motivation and inspiration to cultivate your own sense of security and independence, because everyone deserves to experience the profound power and comfort of their own guiding light within. Let's get started. Welcome to the first official episode of the Guiding Light Within podcast. I am so excited and I wish there was another way for me to say that because I feel like a broken record, but it's the truth. I am beyond grateful for this opportunity to share an entirely new side of me that is a lot more in-depth than what you might see on social media. And for those of you who know me in real life, you know that your girl can talk for a hot minute. So this could either be amazing or it could totally backfire on me. There's only one way to find out. So let's just do it. But seriously, thank you so much for pressing play today. I know how easy it is to not press play to not do things. And I know that there are a lot of other things in our days that take priority. So please know from the bottom of my heart how much I appreciate your time spent with me. I know that we only have a certain amount of minutes in each day, and I really want to respect that. So you can expect for these episodes to be on average 15 to 30 minutes with an occasional 45 minute episode or hour long interview. I want these to be easy to listen to, digestible, actionable episodes that you can listen to while on a walk, washing dishes, driving, folding your laundry, or just anytime you need a pick me up. It is my hope that you finish and leave these episodes feeling better than when you started them, feeling more hopeful, calm, excited, validated, and supported, or whatever is one degree closer to you feeling the best you possibly could. Now, again, if you know me in real life or have been following me since the beginning, you might know a lot of my story already, although there are definitely parts that have never seen the light of day. And I'm not sure they ever will, but I did promise myself that as long as I am producing this podcast and talking about what I'm talking about, I promise to deliver the raw, real, vulnerable truth, no matter how hard or uncomfortable it may feel. Already, as I'm saying that, I'm starting to sweat a little bit. I feel my heart rate increase. I'm definitely feeling a little hesitation and resistance around the anticipation of just naturally fearing being judged, rejected, ridiculed, all of that. But if there is one thing that I know to be true, it's that the truth will in fact 
set you free. And facing your fears head on with bravery and courage is the only way to overcome them. So although it might be hard for me to relive some experiences or express certain emotions out loud, I do believe that it's necessary to heal and continue growing. And I don't know about you, but personally, I find that every time I talk more about a situation, the more I observe it from a different perspective and the more I learn and the more I heal. To me, it's like when you read a book or watch a movie for the second or maybe even third time and you pick up different things every time you watch it. The more I come back to my painful stories and make new meaning from them, the more I heal and the more I feel like I'm actually taking steps forward. So I hope you are ready because I am about to take you along the bumpy journey that is the roller coaster of my life so far. And if there is just one thing that I share that you can relate to, I will be happy because that means that although we are on our separate journeys, we still have each other. We are not totally alone in this. Our paths can continue on right next to each other. So let's just hop right into it. Today, I thought it was really fitting to start this podcast with a little bit more about me how things got started for me, some of the hardest and darkest days of my life that you maybe wouldn't expect, and really how I climbed my way out of darkness and inner turmoil and have now settled into a place of peace, comfort, and freedom. And first and foremost, why I even started this podcast to begin with. I'm going to start my story in high school because this is really where I first started to get interested in mindset. I've always had a curiosity and passion for personal development, and I grew up Catholic, so I did have an established faith in a higher power. I've always had this balance of living from my head and from my heart, from a logical perspective, as well as a spiritual one. Overall, really living my life based on feeling and emotion. Now, I played volleyball my entire life, so this really gave me the opportunity to start creating a resilient mindset around 12, 13, 14 years old. For anyone who has played or has played sports in general, you know that sports are like 90% mental. I think the same can go for a lot of other areas of life as well. I was always the optimistic one on my team, the one that was always cheering and focusing on the next play when a mistake was made. To me, I found this so frustrating and it still fires me up to this day because there is no reason to dwell on a past mistake because you literally cannot change it. So it always just felt like a waste of time and energy to me to be negative and put yourself down when you make a mistake. And I definitely played alongside a fair share of negativity, which really forced me to strengthen my own positivity that much more. Because in the back of my head, I knew that no negative feelings, no negative team was going to win a victory. So for many years, I felt like this positive, optimistic, and just generally happy person who had a bright, opportunistic outlook on life. At this point, I really didn't have anything super traumatic happen to me. I was still a young girl though, so of course it wasn't always this way, but I feel like majority of the time, I didn't let a lot of things get to me too much. I really started to train my brain to look at the learning opportunities and situations, how something could benefit me or just the silver lining. I feel like I always knew that things could get worse, so I always was grateful for where I was. 
And I don't really think that you can tell on social media, but I am six foot. And growing up, I was taller than all of the boys. Thank God for my best friend, Lauren, who was also my height. We survived those formative years together. But my mom really taught me how to put my shoulders back, hold my head up high, and be proud of my height. And at this point, I was pretty confident. I felt really neutral about myself. Now, I was a floater in high school between friend groups. I am so fortunate to have amazing friends. Do not get me wrong, I have amazing friends and I thank God for them literally every single day. But there was one person in high school that was unlike anyone I had ever met. And that person was Abby Connor. I met Abby in 2013 when I was 17. We were playing club volleyball together. Abby was just a cool person. She was a person that had a golden aura Everyone wanted to be friends with her. She was just a fun person to be around. And when we met, we just instantly clicked. Like we just immediately became friends. And over the four years that we knew each other, we got closer and closer and closer and eventually became each other's best friends. She was my go-to. She was the one that we could be doing absolutely nothing but having the best time. And she was the one that really helped me heal my heart and regain confidence and self-esteem after my first heartbreak in college. She was the one that we had really in-depth, like deep intellectual conversations about life. It wasn't just all the superficial stuff of high school. She was just one of the first friends that I met that was like, damn, life is just so much better with you in it. And Abby lived 20 minutes from me. And so I remember every time I would be driving to her house, I would just have this grin, like beaming across my face, like, yay, I get to see Abby today. I'm so happy. Like she just instantly made me in a better mood. And I have always been straight romantically, but looking back on this situation, Abby was genuinely the love of my life. The way that she made me feel about myself, how I felt with our friendship and our relationship was just like, this is how friendship should feel, where you just do not have a shred of a doubt of, is this person being truthful and honest with me? Do they actually care about me back? You know, it was just such a mutual relationship and I'm very grateful to have more than one of those relationships but she was one of the first people that I felt this really intensely and especially at a very early age in my life. Now I remember 2016 felt like 2016 was like a universally amazing year for so many people but I remember it was a summer night Abby had just broken up with her boyfriend it was a hard situation and you know she was just going through it and I was there with her being the friend that I was and we eventually got to really telling each other how much we meant to one another and I remember looking at Abby tears streaming down both of our faces and I looked at her and I said, Abby, if you ever were not okay, I would not be okay. And the reason I remember this so clearly is because just six months later, Abby very unexpectedly and tragically died. It was January of 2017. And that is really where my life as I knew it changed forever. I was 21. And I had to go back to college out of state three days after she died. She died on a Thursday. And I remember I had to drive back to school on a Sunday. And I just remember being like, 
how the hell am I going to survive this? I relied heavily on my family. My best friend in Wisconsin and my other best friend at school was studying abroad, so she was in Italy for the semester. There was a shady element to her death, and if you want a more in-depth story, I can make another episode. I also will link an article in the show notes if you want to hear a little bit more details of what happened. But it was a shady situation. And this just added an element of frustration and confusion on top of already feeling heartbroken and devastated that my best friend is dead. She's dead. Oh God, it just, it took me so long to actually comprehend what that meant. I really didn't understand the gravity of my actions of like how I would handle her death until far later on. But I relied pretty heavily on unhealthy coping to survive as my body went into chronic stress. And you know, everyone tells you when you go through something really hard and traumatic, oh, just eat the comfort food, you know, just relax and take your mind off things. And I really, really took that advice to heart. I leaned into the things that just numbed me because the pain was unbearable. I, I have a hard time really depicting and describing what that devastation felt like. But all I'm going to say is I have never in my life cried so hysterically, like scream crying. Oh, it still gives me chills. And although time does definitely heal because now it's been seven years, I can still so vividly transport my body and my mind back in time to the day where I got those life-changing texts. At the time, I really, really relied heavily on food, mindless passive social media, impulsive shopping, just like anything that would numb myself. And I really had a hard time opening myself up and letting people see the raw, ugly sides of my grief. So I really only felt super safe and comfortable when I was alone. I remember I would drive to Target, I would cry hysterically in the parking lot, like I would just scream sob. Then once I was done, I would go inside Target, get myself a little retail therapy, I would stop and get some noodles, and then I would come home and just scroll on social media or like watch Netflix until I fell asleep. And it was just this constant cycle of numbing. And the first year after her death was the hardest year of my life living every single first without her, every realization of how many milestones I would no longer get to share with her, and all of the small moments of us just tanning together and shopping, and it was just like, poof, she was gone before I could even blink, and I just, it took me so long to really understand what my life was now going to look like. It was just wave after wave after wave of this heartbreak. Like my heart, every time I felt like I put my heart back together a little bit, it would shatter all over again. I eventually graduated college in spring of 2018. I got my first big girl job as the director of marketing and client services at a small finance firm in Milwaukee. Shout out Prime Financial. If anyone needs a financial planner, cannot recommend them enough. That job taught me so much. Moved into my first apartment with my sister. We adopted a kitten that summer started dating a little bit and, you know, just starting to adjust to life post-grad. And time was really passing. Life was coasting a bit as I was getting just more familiar with life with grief instead of life with my best friend. And because I relied so heavily on food and social media to numb my pain, I ended up developing a secreted eating disorder. And because I was an athlete and I was always a very 
just healthy person, I would then binge on all of the junk food that behind closed doors because I deemed those foods as bad and I didn't want anyone seeing me consume all of it. And this quickly started my downward spiral, really morphing into a person I barely even recognized. I was in deep chronic stress. I slowly became one person in front of other people and then an entirely different person behind closed doors. And if you have lived on in any level of inner turmoil like this, you'll know that this slowly starts to eat away at you. You start to live in constant conflict and stress. And if you're in stress, nothing in your body can function properly. Now we are moving on to the spring of 2019. I moved back in with my parents as my sister went to live with her boyfriend, who is now her husband. But the morning after I moved home, my parents told me that they were separating. Welcome home, Nat. <laughs> so my dad moved out and I lived with my mom and entered a very difficult 12 months as I watched her navigate the crumbling of her 30 year relationship. It was a huge moment because I realized, oh my God, my heart is breaking all over again. Life again, as I know it is changing and I don't have Abby to help me through this. And to cope even more, I fell even deeper into unhealthy habits and hide. In the spring of 2019, I was no longer in organized sports. I was working out pretty consistently, which I was actually in a very good routine at this point, but it wasn't sustainable long-term. But I really wanted to work towards a big goal again. I was in the cycle of not trusting myself and you know, saying, okay, no sweets today, I'm gonna work out, five days, it was just go, 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 then I inevitably wouldn't, I would fall into shame and the cycle would start over. And I really wanted to prove to myself that I could set a goal and achieve it. And at this point, my sister and my mom had said, hey, we did this race a couple years ago. We want to do the full crazy one. Are you in? And this was the Run Disney Dopey Challenge. And I always wanted to check off my bucket list that I ran a marathon. So I just said, fuck it, let's just do it. I'm not getting any younger, so I might as well do it now. So this is a four day race. It's a Thursday to a Sunday. It's three miles, six miles, 13, and then 26 miles being the full marathon. And I was not a runner. So I started running pretty consistently at two miles for probably like four to six weeks because that's all I could do. But over the summer, I slowly started to gain momentum, eventually leading up to my first half marathon in September. And this taught me so much, which I can make an entire other episode about my experience training for a marathon, but it was incredibly difficult. At the time, I was then justifying eating so much because I was burning like 2000 calories running 10 miles in the morning. But then I would come home and feel exhausted. Like it was only keeping my body in more stress. So I had no energy to do anything else. And then I would call myself lazy and unproductive. But we managed to continue pushing through and my mom, my sister and I made it to the race in January. But of course, because the universe and life just has to be funny like that, the race fell on the four hardest days of January for me. January 9th, which was the day I found out about Abby's accident, to the full 26 miles on Abby's anniversary, January 12th. 
And I remember I did pretty well because overall, like my adrenaline was pumping. I was excited to be there. I was like, oh my God, I've been training for this for eight months. I'm finally here. It really was such an amazing experience, but I will never forget. It was probably mile 18, 19. And I just remember like it hit me and I start sobbing. I was crying, like trying to run and cry, which is just like the saddest the saddest image you could possibly imagine. But it just hit me out of nowhere. And we slowed down a little bit. And then I remembered like, I'm okay, I'm over this. I want to be done. I was like, okay, I'm at mile 18. I still have like eight miles to go. I really got to get my shit together. So I eventually did. We pushed through and crossing the finish line was better than I could have imagined because the entire time training, I had that in my head of like, every time I would finish a, a run, I would imagine throwing my arms up, crossing the finish line, like feeling that sense of accomplishment. And it truly was a euphoric moment, like one I will never, ever, ever forget. Definitely one of my proudest accomplishments. And I'm so grateful looking back on it that it was when it was because very shortly after COVID hit and if I didn't, if I trained for eight months to not be able to run that race, I would have been so pissed. But COVID, everyone remembers that, so I don't really need to talk more about it, but essentially it just perpetuated the theme of my 20s, stress. So now we are in spring of 2020 and my parents are divorced. We are selling my childhood home. I moved in with my friends, which was great, but I really started at this point to become pretty unhappy with my career. The industry just wasn't for me, the lifestyle. It didn't feel super fulfilling, and I just didn't feel like I was using my natural gifts and strengths in the right way every single day. And because I was just getting more unhappy, I was, my, my eating got worse and worse and worse, only shaming myself more and more and more. And I really started to like consciously self-sabotage at this point because I knew that something wasn't good for me, but I was now in the habit of doing something and coping a certain way for three plus years that I couldn't not do it. And also my sister was getting married that year on top of the whole COVID fiasco. So it was just stress and anxiety that entire year. And then to top it off, the morning after my sister got married, it was like two in the morning, my last living grandparent passed away. Then three days after that, I got in a car accident and totaled my car. And then two days after that, one of my best friend's dad very unexpectedly passed away from COVID. Within a matter of a week, I was like, okay, I have just had hit after hit after hit of again, how precious life is. Like I get it. And it was just insane. In the winter then of 2021, I was really like, okay, I am so unhappy with pretty much every area of my life right now, my career, my health, more importantly, my relationship with myself. Like I felt like I completely lost myself and I will never forget, I was talking to my brother-in-law about this, of just like, I am scrolling on Indeed, not even finding something that I'm excited to apply to. It's not even like I wasn't getting an interview or getting the job, like I just wasn't even excited. I couldn't see myself doing any of these jobs. And I remember looking at him, I'm just being like, oh, I just don't know what I wanna do with my life. And he looked at me and he was just like, nah, yes you do. 
I was just like, I don't know what I'm excited about. And he's like, yes, you do. And so after a little bit of thought, I was just like, okay, what is something that I really want to focus on all my time and energy? And at that point, my number one priority was getting my health and happiness back, like was just getting my well-being back to a place where I knew it could be. And I literally Googled health and wellness jobs. And that is where I found a training program to become a health and life coach. And it, it felt like such a whim, but I immediately knew that it was for me. And I signed up for a training within four days. At that point, I quit my safe corporate job. I moved from Milwaukee to Chicago to pursue coaching. And in the fall of 2021, I got my certification. I started coaching. It was very rough and messy, but I was loving it. If you were one of my first like seven clients, just know that you have a special place in my heart. It was the first time that I was just like, yes, this is definitely what I want to do. At this point, I knew I loved coaching. I knew it was what I wanted to pursue. I just didn't exactly know what I wanted to focus on, but I was ready to experiment and try things out. I definitely did not expect any overnight successes, especially because I was very much still navigating my own inner battles. But I figured out that the more I started talking about my challenges and my own inner demons, the easier it became and the more progress I made. I was doing so many practice hours with other coaches that I really understood from the client side how life-changing coaching really can be. I remember the night before my first conference, I was talking with my sister on what do I pack? I'm so nervous. I'm traveling solo. I don't know what to expect, but I am excited. And I didn't really hear from her until the end of the night when I was done packing, but it was 1030 and I see Jackie calling me and I excitedly answer like, hi, I just finished packing. I'm nervous, but I'm so excited. Just like wish me luck. And it was just silent. And when she did talk, her voice was so soft. I feel like I could barely hear her. And in that moment, I just knew immediately that something was wrong. What she said literally threw me so far off kilter. She said, hey, don't freak out. But Kent and I got in a super bad car accident. We were hit head on. The entire car is smashed. We're okay, but it's bad. Kent's foot is in two pieces. I'm pretty sure my ribs are broken, but it really hurts to talk. So I'm going to call you later. Love you. And I just remember sitting there like, okay, bye, love you. Then I just had to wake up and go fly to this conference for four days and do this pretty much, it was like a personal development workshop of facing a lot of your initial fears, challenges, and traumas that I was still holding on to. And I felt like I was constantly getting these reminders of how precious life is that I was just like, okay, I get it. Like, I am well aware. I, I say my gratitude every day. I don't take things for granted. I don't need another reminder. And I would feel like I, and I would kind of fall into this victim mode thinking, why am I the only one I feel like going through the ringer right now when so many other people do not experience this? And I struggled a lot with resentment, feeling resentful of anyone living in bliss because I was living in chaos and I was upset and mad that this was now my life because this was not how I saw my life going at all. But then I reminded myself of two things. One, someone always has it worse than you. 
And two, these challenges are building my character. They're building my strength, my compassion, my resilience, and my bravery. At this point, I really began to fear losing what I love most. And I started putting up a lot of subconscious walls to protect myself. And this is still a fear that I am working through to this day, which is really having something you love and losing it. Because I had a safe job and I lost it. Yes, it was my choice, but still a loss. I had my health and I lost it. I had my friends and I lost them. And I ended up telling myself that it's just safer and better to not have things at all than to have them and potentially lose them. And this right here is the power of your subconscious mind, because without really realizing it, I was pushing away success, love, money, and I really struggled with just genuine daily happiness because I was so unhappy and I felt like I lived in conflict for so long that it just became my norm. Being happy felt foreign to me. Being truly content felt unsafe because every time I feel like I let my shoulders relax and take a breath and settle for a second, the other shoe would drop or the rug would get pulled out from underneath me or the next wave would push me down. And I felt like every time I was peeking the top of my roller coaster before I could even enjoy the view, it would just plummet. And I had such a hard time handling the, the drastic up and downs that I told myself it's just safer to be struggling all the time because at least it's consistent and familiar. And saying it out loud, how dumb is that? But that's literally the way our brains are designed. Our brain cares more about our safety than our happiness. So if anything makes you feel a little unsafe, even though you might consciously want it, your brain will do everything in its power to push it away because it senses danger, it senses a threat. And I clung to what I did have and developed a lot of difficulty expressing my true negative emotions, especially toward people I loved, because I was so scared to go through that loss again. And I always thought like, what if I told them how I really felt, and that was the last conversation I had with them. And I was so scared to let things into my life because I didn't want to deal with then losing it. So I convinced myself that it wasn't that bad, that I'm okay with what I'm getting, even though I wasn't. I, I convinced myself that even though I wasn't getting much, it was something and I can be okay with that again, even though I wasn't, which just created more inner conflict. So in 2022, I did another year of training. I started to really put myself out there on social media, even though I was terrified and still had a ton of fears, but I never really let those fears completely stop me. And it's honestly because of a promise I made to myself when Abby died. I felt like she was completely robbed of her life and I knew that if she was still here, she would be living her life to the fullest. So I promised myself as her best friend, I would not play the safe card. I would take the risks. I would dream big. I would make my life purposeful and meaningful. I wanted to live my life double and have all of the experiences I could get because she only lived to 20 years old. Like looking back now at 28, thinking about who you are at 20 years old, you're a kid. She didn't get to experience anything in her life hardly. And so I told myself, I am going to get 
every single thing I can out of this life. So with that, I have taken many leaps of faith before I'm quote unquote ready. And it's because of my connection and my belief in what is outside of me. And this is really fully trusting and following my intuition, not necessarily my logic, because I always felt like my path was different than those around me. I felt really called that my life would be centered around making a big positive impact in the world. And I'm really hoping that this podcast allows me to reach more people. And I always reminded myself, like worst case scenario is I die. And death didn't scare me so much in the same way anymore because I knew that Abby would be waiting for me. And my faith saved me those first few years after she died. And it still saves me to this day. So for the past two years, I have been on a roller coaster of healing my heart, figuring out my career, all while putting myself online. And yes, that is totally my choice. But the past 10 years have really, really been hard. And I first and foremost just want to acknowledge that for myself, give myself a big fat hug, and also for you. What you have lived through is not easy shit, so give yourself the acknowledgement, grace, and compassion that you deserve. And I also hope that this is a reminder for you that no matter what you see from people, no matter how much you think you know a person, even if they are your closest friends and family, Don't assume that you know exactly what they're going through or how they feel. Check in on your friends and your loved ones, especially the ones that you feel like have everything together. So I really went into coaching first and foremost for me being my first client. I was so unhappy with so many things in my life at this time and I was desperate to break away from my unhealthy habits and feel more inner peace. And that was actually my only goal of 2022, which was to fall back in love with myself and bring safety back into my daily life. In 2022, I thought I wanted to work with grief, with someone in my position, but that wasn't my passion. In 2023, I thought I wanted to work with stress and burnout and work-life balance, but that also wasn't my passion. And now, in 2024, I know fully that my passion is centered around self-discovery. It is about truly understanding yourself and connecting to your true inner being on a soul level strengthening your mindset, building unwavering confidence, and just feeling so secure in who you are and your path. And it's also about balancing external and internal validation, acceptance, and support. Because despite me having so much support around me personally from friends and family, as well as professionally with therapists and coaches, at the end of the day, I was the only one that was with me 100% of the time. I was the only one carrying my pains and traumas. I was the only one living inside my head. And I was so sick of my inner state being one of conflict, stress, and turmoil because no one could really see it. And I was really good at faking it, but I felt like a fraud and I felt like a liar. And I didn't like who I saw when I looked in the mirror internally and externally. But with a lot of intentional work, genuine curiosity, and lots and lots and lots of love and compassion, 
I can say I'm now at a place of peace that I never have been before because I am no longer focusing on sprinting to a destination that I think will make me happy. I'm no longer focusing on quick fixes. I'm no longer focusing on all of the broken parts of me, all of the battles that I'm dealing with. I am just focusing on the one step I need to make today. My life is not perfect at all. I'm still putting together the pieces of my business. I'm still learning healthy habits and breaking away from bad ones. I'm still unlearning and relearning beliefs about myself and the world. But the biggest difference is that I'm loving the process of it. And I really recognize where I have been and I only see how far I've come. I'm learning that it's okay to toot my own horn and it's okay to acknowledge my wins because I am damn proud of where I am today. Because despite all of the heartbreak that I have lived and despite all of the nonsense and bullshit that my ego tells me of how I'm not good enough or smart enough or capable enough, I know I am where I'm meant to be. And it's been so much fun and there are, there has been a ton of unexpected twists and turns and I'm sure there will continue to be twists and turns, but that's what makes an exciting life. Because discovering myself and really declaring what kind of woman I want to be has been worth every second. Building trust with myself and really getting back into a resilient growth mindset. I am able to stay true to myself, true to my passions, and really find confidence in challenging times and without a doubt, trust my guidance from within. No one can tell me how to run my business. No one is coming to get me out of bed. No one is coming to save me. I am creating my own safety, security, and independence, and it is literally the best skill I have ever strengthened. And this is a skill that you can strengthen whether you are single or in a relationship because calling in your own safety is what will propel you forward to the next level of life. And at this point, I only see blessings, miracles, and opportunities coming into my life. And I am more excited than ever for this year ahead. So that is me. I hope you enjoyed listening to my journey and my growth over the past 10 years of my life. If you have lived with me through it all, I hope this allowed you to see me from a different perspective. And if you are new to my world, I hope this painted a clear picture of who I am. I don't know about you, but I love hearing people's stories and their journey of pain to purpose. So I am very much looking forward to doing more interviews in the future. I think it's so cool because despite us being individuals and no two stories sounding exactly the same, I think there are a lot of universal truths and lessons that can be shared. Thank you so, so much for listening. If any part of my story resonated with you, I would absolutely love to know. So please leave a review along with a five-star rating if you enjoyed this or send me a DM on Instagram. If you know someone who has lived through any similar experiences, please send this episode to them so they know that they are not alone and more importantly, that it gets better. The big things that I want you to take away from this episode are check in on your people and tell them that you appreciate and love them. Give yourself nothing but love because you are just doing the best you can with what you currently have. And if you are not already, start listening to and honoring your own guiding light within. I love you so much. Until the next one, I am sending you all my love and light. Bye. 
Hey, thanks so much for listening. If you enjoyed today's episode, please show your love by leaving a five-star rating, an honest review, and by sharing with a friend. And don't forget to subscribe so you never miss a new episode. You can find more from me at wavesofchange.coaching on Instagram and TikTok, or you can check out my website, wavesofchangecoach.com. I am sending you all my light and love today. And remember, if you are ever questioning something, you can always rely on your own guiding light within. See you next time.